It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What up? This is Myron and you are listening to the Rye Bread and Mustard, a Mariners podcast. The down on the docks on the other side of the tracks dive bar style podcast of and about the seattle mariners that you were listening to right here on the odyssey app or wherever else you're getting that podcast action from listen we're not going to judge you it's okay we're down with wherever you're getting this from as long as you're liking subscribing and of course enjoying the podcast also if you've seen the rye bread gear out there maybe you've seen it at the stadium out in the parking lot at the bar maybe seen it in jail i don't know uh, we got a lot of fans out there wearing the gear. If you want the street cred for rocking the rye bread, hit up at simply.cora. That's at simply.cora on Instagram or Etsy. All right. That's all the house cleaning we have today for this episode. Let's get right into it. We have a special guest, somebody that works for our Mariners affiliate, the Modesto's Nuts. Uh, somebody I met actually down at Oakland Alameda Stadium back in the uh, 2022 season. We've been talking about getting on here and doing something. We finally got him. Modesto Nuts own Chris Estrada. What's up, Chris? Hey, man. Nice nice to see you again. And um, thank you for inviting me onto your show. I'm really excited about it. I I know I've been we've been talking about it for a while, and I'm finally happy to be able to be on here finally. <laughs> yeah, I'm really happy to have you and glad you can do it. Uh, wanted to talk to you a bit earlier about some of the guys that moved up to Everett earlier on, but uh, we'll still talk about them and uh, talk over <laughs> the fantastic season that you uh, had down there winning the Cal League. Yeah, isn't it good to talk about something nice and positive for once here on the <laughs> Rye Bread Mustard podcast? Yeah, it does. So uh, Modesto Nuts obviously won the, the California League. It seemed like yep. all the minor league here. teams were doing... Yeah. Oh, you got it right there. Yeah, I got, watching. The, got, the got the hat right there. There we go. <laughs> that is nice. Well-deserved. Uh, as all the Mariners fans probably know, as, as the Mariners were collapsing, all the minor league uh, teams seemed to be kicking ass, right? Hanno, it would always be like flashing game breaks and things at the bottom of the screen while uh, our dreams are being uh, ripped apart. Yeah, besides Modesto, uh, Arkansas was in the playoffs. Uh Tacoma wasn't, um, but, and we all know the Mariners weren't. (laughs) Get ready to play hardball in the kingdom. Take me to the ball game. I want to see the ants. The Mariners are playing hardball. 
Princess Tours, the vacation company, brings you the best show in baseball when the San Diego Chicken plays hardball with the Seattle Mariners and the Baltimore Orioles tonight in the Kingdom. Uh, so, Chris, what can you tell everybody like what your role is there at the down there at the Modesto Nets and how you got it and what's what's your story? Uh, yeah, definitely. So, this is actually my third year with the Modesto Nets. It's my first year um, full time with the Modesto Nets. Um, the past two seasons, I worked uh, with the production crew. Um, I started out as like one of the camera ops, and then I started in 2021. Um, so that year was the year when Noel V. Marte was there. Um, I started out as a photographer because I needed help in photography and I had never done that before. Um, and then as soon as I started doing that, cause I had done camera work for actually filming the game and for broadcasts and stuff like that. Um, I had, you know, I went to school for that. Um, so I had experience doing that. So when they asked me to do some photography work, you know, I had never done it before. I was like, well, yeah, this is something new. And I fell in love with that right away. So that's something I built on and practiced on. And so last season, I was our team photographer. And then now this season, um, I was actually our production manager there at the Modesto Nuts. And then I was our team photographer and graphic designer. And that's still what I am for, for the off season onwards. So basically everything on our social media wise, because um, I also have a part in handling that as well, especially for the past about month and a half is when I fully took over for that as well as our digital content. Um, so like, especially everything of our graphics and stuff for the playoff run for the about past month and a half has been all 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 me wow that's a that's a lot of work i mean i've i've i follow you guys i see all the stuff you're putting out hey and it's probably a lot of fun i know it's a lot of work it's probably a lot of fun and you probably take great pride in it when when it's all this good news shit you know like it's a little different when you got to pop out some podcasts while the while the uh, season's tanking Oh, man. Well, I do gotta say, yeah, it definitely is a lot of work, especially for the minor league team. You know, we have, you know, a small crew. So I, for what, for like what I just said, I'm kind of like a one man show when it comes to like the whole media department. I do have some help here and there. You know, I don't do every fully everything, but for the most part, I do do a lot of it. (laughs) A lot of the media side of it is mostly all me. Uh, And what school did you go to? Uh, so I actually went to San Jose State, and down there, obviously in the Bay Area, you know, with all those sports teams there, that's I got my start there because the broadcaster for San Jose State um, was the broadcaster actually of the San Jose Giants, the Giants single A team in the Cal League, the same as the Modesto Nuts. Um, so I actually worked there with the Giants for a couple of years, and that's kind of how I got my start um, through those connections there, and I started with the Sally Giants um, as just working part-time in the merch store. And be, I just told them I, what my interests were. And I worked my way into uh, into the press box, helping out with the production crew. And by the end of the season, I worked there two years. And at the end of the season of the first year, I was actually in the clubhouse as a bat boy and clubhouse assistant. And then in the second year, I was bat boy, clubhouse assistant, and helped on the production crew that whole second year. Um, and that was 2017 and 2018. And then I, obviously after that, I moved back home for a couple of years. Um, and then obviously in 2020, there was no baseball, at least no minor league baseball. Um, and then because, and then I live up here near Modesto, a small town about 20 minutes away from Modesto called Manteca. 
And uh, so it's about 20 minutes away from there. And since Modesto is the local team, I just applied there and I got that part-time role, like I said, and just worked my way up to doing what I do now. Man, that's that's awesome. Mm-hmm. So it's, it sounds like you've, you know, been involved with minor league baseball. I feel like minor league baseball is an own fraternity and family of its own. Uh, is that something you looked forward and looked to get into right away was working in the minor league system? Uh, yeah, I would say definitely. Yeah. That I, and I think it helped a lot with um, connections because I know a lot about in this industry is a lot about, you know, who, you know, not exactly, not exactly more of what, you know, and I think that helped out a lot because right away, like I said, the broadcaster at San Jose state was the broadcaster for the San Jose giants. And that's kind of how I got my in. And then, and then here at the same time, I was working at a um, with the school in Stockton, University of Pacific, and their men's basketball broadcaster was Zach Bayrudi, who was the Stockton Ports broadcaster, who is now currently the Sacramento Rivercats broadcaster. So that also helped with connections too. So I've just kind of I'm a, one of those people that just wants to talk to everybody and anybody to try and get my name out there. And it's so far, it's, it's kind of been helping out a lot. That's awesome. And you hope to one day maybe work for a professional club. I mean, the, the big club, whether it be baseball, any of the sports. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's, that's my goal to work for either MLB, um, NBA, NFL. And, you know, I think one of the biggest things that I learned, especially for this industry that I'm that I'm trying to get into this media industry is just to learn as much as I can. Um, Because when I went to school, I went to school for journalism. And when I was um, I took a sports journalism class there. So I was reporting for all our school sports there at San Jose State. And they taught me how to do everything myself. So I would go and do interviews with the coaches, do pregame stories, do post-game stories then i had to go and film the game and then i had to live tweet what's happening during the game and then afterwards after my footage uh, after the game i obviously had to write the post-game story and then i had one day to out of the footage that i took to make like a recap video uh, and i had to do all that myself and like you know in a timely manner and so and so i think also that has helped me with branching out to all the other things so like i said i started out in journalism started out with production wise like in the control room now i've branched out to doing photography and graphic design graphic designing like what i said i do now with the nuts as of this season but that this is kind of like my first year that i've started branching out into graphic design and now that's also something that i like to do too and each time when i have to come up with something new i'm trying to think how can i better myself you know to get better and better Oh, you're like a walking, talking root sports. It's a one man root sports. <laughs> like, you know, like you just, you just describe what it takes, you know, even for the MLB club, what, what handle five, six, seven people working, maybe 12 people working on that broadcast. Yeah. I mean, it's just incredible. It's so cool that you're learning all the different aspects of the job and the whole thing. And yeah, I'm so happy for you, man. Good luck. I have a little project. Well, once again, Edgar Martinez is using Eagle Hardware's incredible selection of brand name power tools for his latest project. And uh, here's a surprise. Uh, for once, it's not a bat. Oh, it is a bat. It's a light bat. Eagle Hardware and Garden. More of everything.
Who are some of the guys that are up on the big club that when you were working there that maybe some of the listeners can uh, attach, you know, a name to the jersey with? So one thing, too, that um, I'm sure a lot of Mariner fans have noticed this year, but I'm sure they're going to start seeing maybe next year, is they're starting to push a lot of their guys fast through the system. So, like, the guys that um, made their promotions this year all played with the nuts at one point. So we're talking about, um, like you said, Bryce Miller. He, he pitched in 2021 last uh, in 2021 when he got drafted um, and at the end of the year. And then I think he got promoted, but then I think he, play, he played in one game in Modesto in 2022. And then obviously Brian Wu, he um, got drafted but was injured. So he came up the second half of the season last year in Modesto. But when Wu was – oh, so he wasn't very long. I was going to ask, like when he's there, you know, he's from – He's from Northern California. Uh, did he always have like a pretty good response, uh, like crowd of people come watch him work? Yeah, yeah, definitely. He definitely had a lot of family and friends over there. Um, he actually had his debut in San Jose. And so he's there from the Bay Area. So he had a bunch of family there at that game. I remember that. Um, but yeah, Brian Wu, and he, he dominated the Cal League, um, the, the league that the Nuts are in. So he wasn't there very long. He got promoted very quickly. And as you guys saw, you know, I remember seeing that the, it wasn't really the plan of the Mariners to have him pitch all year up there. Um, but, yeah, he stuck around and, you know, he did pretty good for the most of the year. Um, so he was someone very I was very excited to see play with the Mariners this year. Then also um, Cade Marlowe was with the Nuts in 2021. Um, he p- played really good with the Nuts in 2021. I think he was only there for like one or two months before he got promoted in 2021. You were obviously there when Prince Harry was there for a little bit. Oh man. Yes. Yeah. He was there last year, all last year. Um, I was actually a little surprised that he was there all last year. Um, I thought for sure he would have gotten promoted at one point mid season. Um, I'm sure it was probably either because he was just a high schooler. So that's probably why they kept him down there, but he also did have a shoulder injury that he suffered um, earlier in the season. So I don't know if you had, uh, if you noticed, or if you go in his stats last year, he mostly did a lot of DHing instead of catching. So that's actually probably why that he he's catching a whole lot of games. They're just shoving him out everywhere to play. Like, like how Harry Ford, as soon as the season ended, he went to Europe to go play with great Britain. Um, and he dominated there, and then right away, right after that, now he's in the Arizona Fall League, and he's dominating there right away. He's just continuing to play. Um, Harry Ford is amazing. So Harry Ford's introduction to me was definitely here in this WBC, and he definitely has that like big stage persona about himself. Did he have that, uh, or is that something that he's grown into as you've seen him move on? Where was, or is this what? everybody in Modesto was seeing uh, back in 2022? Um, I think, I think he's definitely kind of grown into it this year. And I think it's kind of helped with the national media, like catching eye on him, especially with what he did in the world baseball classic uh, with great Britain and how it's just continued on throughout this whole season. Uh, I think it's definitely started this year on that. Besides Harry Ford, uh, who played in the Futures game up here in the All-Star Weekend that Myron and I went to, uh, Jonathan Classe was also a part of those festivities. Uh, what was your take on him? Uh, Jonathan Classe is 
a class A guy. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, you, know, you know, one one thing one thing I do have to say real quick before I jump on that is I'd, I'm happy that out of the three years that I've worked with the Nuts so far and gotten to learn and meet all these young players, uh, whether they're whether they're the stars, whether they're the top prospects, or they're just the other guys. Um, they're all nice. Like they're all class class act people. They're all friendly. They all enjoy talking to you. Um, I'll probably get more into that later when we talk about these newer guys, because these new guys from this year, I have so much to say about them. But Class A is definitely a guy that I actually was surprised that he didn't get promoted this season to to the Mariners, especially um, at spring training. He was added to the 40-man roster and how well he excelled in Arkansas with those home runs and especially all those stolen bases. I definitely would have thought he was a player that they would have brought up, but he's definitely, since they didn't bring him up, he's definitely, I think, a, a guy in that's going to be in the Mariners outfield for years to come, most definitely. Yeah, you mentioned also some of the, when you're talking about these guys, maybe not the bigger name guys, uh, some of the lower tier, I shouldn't say lower tier, but guys that are their names aren't out there as much. Did you get a chance to see some of the pitchers like Sam Carlson pitch for the nuts as well? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Um, I'm actually very happy for him about how well he did this year with Everett. And it seems like he's fully healthy now, you know, a lot of his career um, he's been injured. He hasn't really gotten to play much of the past couple of years due to arm injuries. I know in 2021, he only played about half the season um, last year in 2022, I think was the same. And I think at the end of the season, they kind of shut him down because of arm injuries. And this season, they promoted him to Everett, and he was strictly a reliever. And I think that was a good call for him because he had been a starter his whole career. Um, and I think they're they're trying to put him as a reliever now, I think probably because of those arm injuries. But he has been very effective out of the bullpen. I'm very happy to see that he's he was was very successful this year. That's cool. So he was he had multiple pitches type of pitcher or um, did he just have a couple really good pitches? And that might be also the reason why they're moving him to the bullpen to utilize him in an empty tank type of role where he can just go out there and overpower guys. Uh, yeah, I, that that's also a good reason why too. Plus, I know he did definitely have a good fastball. He definitely did have a good fastball. Um, I don't re really remember about his other pitches. Actually, off the top of my head. <laughs> no, that's okay, too. I'm just I'm yeah. trying to – I just hear their names, too, and I'm just trying to learn and, you know, as much as I can about these guys before they're up with us, maybe in trade talks. Who knows what can happen, you know, this offseason with the Mariners. Supercross this weekend in the Kingdom. The Coors Beer Supercross doubleheader. <laughs> Ready Seattle this Saturday night at 7 30 and Sunday afternoon at 2. The 1988 AMA Supercross Tour. Motorcycle Media on an incredible dirt battleground that treats man and machine the same way. With absolutely no respect. See the best. National champion Jeff Ward. Former champion Ricky Johnson. Tickets at all Ticketmaster locations, including the Bond, Tower Records, and Video, and participating Honda dealers. The Coors Beer Supercross. Uh, we're, I'm just looking here at the standings. Obviously, you're big. Big push at the end of the season. You 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 toppled Fresno by one game because you guys had a 16 game winning streak. We mentioned a little bit of that at the top. Uh, was this 
this kind of just reminds me when I'm looking at this of the 2022 Mariners when the season was like, eh, it was not very good. And then they went on a 14 game winning streak to, to get them out of that. We saw the Mariners do this this year. Uh, and to see that the younger guys are doing this was a lot of fun. And like I said, was the silver linings of, of watching these broadcasts. You, you get like a half a breath of fresh air to going, don't worry, more good people are coming. Uh, well, we'd see this. Can you tell us about that winning streak? When did you guys uh, start really like when, when did it start to be a buzz, especially uh, there in Modesto and stuff like that with the, with the fans and stuff? Yeah, so definitely. So I'll tell you, so our season, our regular season ended on September 3rd, was the last game of the regular season. One month back, August 3rd, the Nuts were nine games out of first place. They were nine games behind Fresno. So it's it's crazy to think that, yeah, they, when they won those 16 games in a row, and they ended up needing that 17th win. And just it makes you think that they really needed every single one of those games. And it's crazy. Like this, this team, like I can get into it more in a bit about like all these new guys that came up. And I think that was the biggest thing. Like the first half of the season was a little up and down. Um, they had a lot of uh, issues with pitching, I think was the biggest thing. Their bullpen was a little bit up and down. Um, and But that second half of the season, they just started shutting it down. Like they, the, the pitching staff was just so different than the first half. And and the thing is they had a majority of the same guys, like something just clicked for them. Um, and especially like the biggest thing I think for this, um, that this whole playoff run and that 16 game win streak was the guys just didn't get, didn't give up. Like they, they played for each other. Um, the Mariners, they actually had a saying, um, they had these all the I think all the Mariners minor league team minor league teams got these uh, shirts issued and the saying was nine on one past the baton, um, and so the saying was that it's like hey you know we're not we're we're a team we're playing together just you know you do your part and let us let the next guy continue on and do the rest, and they really did that because there were so many come from behind wins. It was it was crazy, and actually, all four of the playoff games, the the other team scored first, so they came back in every single one of those games. Clutch hitting, hitting with runners in scoring position, not leaving the bases loaded, things that win ball games, things that didn't really happen for the big club this year, huh? <laughs> no. Yeah, but at least <laughs> but at least they're doing it down there. There there is hope. Well, I'm wondering if they're controlling the zone as well. You know, he's talking about t-shirts. Did you guys ever have to control control the zone t-shirts? <laughs> yeah, I think they yeah, I think they did have those t-shirts. <laughs> but but man, I do gotta say, man, the one thing I was sad about is so um that Saturday game, the one the Mariners lost, um, was actually the day for um where they honored their minor leaguers with their minor league awards. Yeah. Um, and they had a uh, multiple of the nuts players won those awards. Correct. Yeah. Um, so I was like, okay, man, this is great. You know, the Mariners need a win. We got the nuts players there. You know, they're going to give good vibes. You know, they're going to just give that mojo back to the Mariners. And then that's the game that they lost. <laughs> I thought that was yeah. funny. Uh, I, I, I am looking on here on the YouTube. There are, when you put uh, Modesto nuts, you just, that's it. You got Colt Emerson's walk off. You got, uh, yeah, you have Pete's, uh, hits grand slams and back to back 
innings. Oh, that uh, you're right. Crazy. It's it's all kinds of come from behind. What up? This is Myron. Sorry to interrupt the conversation here, but just wanted to give a friendly reminder and a shout out to go check out the YouTube channel that we have relaunched. It is the Rye Bread and Mustard Podcast YouTube channel. Lots of clips, breakdowns, some behind the scenes things, and things that you know didn't make it into maybe the cut of the podcast because we have time constraints here. But on the YouTube, sometimes we're going long and sometimes we have small clips. No matter what, there is content dropping every day, sometimes multiple times a day. So make sure and go and check out the Rye Bread and Mustard podcast YouTube channel. But to get back into our conversation here with Chris Estrada of the Modesto Nuts, we're going to talk a little bit right now. We're going to transition into, hey, there was this big draft this year at the All-Star Game over at Lumen Field. It was quite a whirlwind for these young players from high school that were getting drafted. They're meeting Ken Griffey Jr., other Hall of Famers. The Mariners are taking them around all this media gauntlet, getting a lot of interaction with the fans, a lot of publicity, and then you're off on a spirit flight down to uh, Modesto. Actually, probably Fresno or San Jose, and then a bus over to Modesto, and what that transition kind of looks like for the players. When they came in, what was that vibe like? How did the crowd take that? And like you said, this kind of propelled the team to kind of like get it going. Um, in the middle of the season, it was definitely an injection of energy, like you were saying. Can you take us back to when all that happened? When they're what, what happens when those guys are coming in, like especially from your end of it? How does that all work out? Yeah, so um, the, the funny thing, too, about it is that whenever, you know, obviously midseason – there's a lot of promotions, demotions that happen in minor leagues, right? And so it's that's kind of the part that's the hit or miss is if your team is going to make do good or not, depending how much those new guys vibe with the current team that's there. And so that's the big thing with this team is everyone that came up just bought into that idea of just, you know, play for each other. You know, we're here to – and they all bought in like, hey, we're, we're hot right now. Let's, let's go win this thing. That's, that's what they all got excited about. And so, like, when all these draft picks came up, like, you know, even the top prospects when they came up first. Like, I know before the draft, um, top prospect, uh, one of the top prospects, Michael Arroyo, came up. And I was very excited to see him play. Um, but when all these guys up, especially from my perspective, um, especially from the media side, um, I'm excited when all these guys come up and I just promoted the heck out of all these guys all season to try and get these fans out here, all these baseball fans out here. Um, and especially here in Modesto, obviously in the Mariners are in Seattle. We don't have that many Mariner fans around here, but especially those ones that are like, they all were down here excited to come watch them play. Um, and what was really great is whenever I met all these guys, like like I said, they were all really nice guys. They didn't have any – none of them had any egos or anything. It, whether they were the top – the number one overall pick, like Colt Emerson or Ty P, those couple guys that came up. Like, you know, I was just like, oh, make sure they don't have no ego or anything. Don't mess with no clubhouse mojo or anything. Like, no, nah, these – I mean, they're just high school kids. Like, I think that's the biggest thing. Like, they're <laughs> just here to play baseball. Like, and I think that's also why this – crew mess this team mess mesh so well because they were just a bunch of kids just want to play baseball <laughs> yeah i was seeing that actually this year the mariners brought up five 
uh, draft picks from this year's draft class. Um, and also you mentioned the two top picks in the first round. Also the third one, um, Johnny Farmello, he got brought up, but I didn't see any stats. Was he hurt or did he not play? What was the story with him? Uh, like when he got brought up or yeah. That? So, um, so yeah, so actually we, out of the draft this year, uh, there were 22 total picks, including those compensation rounds and stuff. And the Mariners drafted or signed 21 of the 22. And we, throughout the whole year, we ended up with 10 of them. Oh, okay. And we actually ended up with 10 of them. One of them got hurt. Uh, the second round pick, Ben Williamson, got hurt in mid-August. And they he tried coming back, and then uh, he got hit on his hand. And they didn't put him on the I.L. They let him just rest. He tried playing one game, and then he it was just bothering him. They just shut him down for the year. But then at the end of the season for the playoff run, we had nine of the draft picks from this season on our roster which was pretty crazy. But uh, so, I, so yeah, we had that many draft picks on our team. But Johnny Farmello, which is actually pretty crazy, is the game one of our playoff, um, he got added to our roster, game one of the division series. And it was his professional debut that day. Wow. So those first, so those four playoff games, he played in all four of the playoff games, and those were his first professional games because when he went to go, he said that he went to go play in Arizona for like two weeks, but since they were kind of just like in the backfields, there was no ACL anymore that was already done, so they didn't count as official games. So that's why when he joined Modesto, um, they were his first professional games. Wow. Is it pretty unheard of? You mentioned earlier that the you, you've noticed the Mariners kind of pushing these guys along a lot quicker. When they get signed right away and they go down to the Arizona Instructional League, um, is it does it happen quite often that they get called up that same year and move along to low A, which Modesto is currently in? Yeah, as far as like for the prospects uh, or um, the draft picks, you mean? Yes. Like, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. so usually they'll go to Arizona for a little bit, and it kind of depends what their work level was for this, for wherever they were at, either college or high school, how much they had played previously. Um, depends if they're going to stay in Arizona or they're going to come up to Modesto because some of the players um, went to Arizona. They were there for, like, a little bit. They played in the ACL a little bit, then got promoted. Some of them just went for, like, one game, two games, and they're like, all right, go to Modesto. Like a couple of the guys just, I, when I asked them, how long did you play there? I was like, oh, I had like two at-bats or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> played in one game. Mr. Buner, will you play Pepper with me? I can't, son. It's against the rules. How many times have you heard that? Hi, I'm Ken Griffey Jr. When I'm not running the bases, I'm running for president. Vote for me, and I promise to erase every no pepper sign in America. Mr. Griffey, will you play pepper with me? Sure, kid. Could you help me out with some swing states? Oh, yeah, I guess. A shoot on every foot in a pepper game in every backyard. I think Ken Griffey is spending too much time on the field, not enough time on issues like the flat tax. No pepper? I say yes to pepper. Look, the pepper was outlawed for a reason. It tears up the turf. You know how big this thing was? Look at this. Pepper man, and right under there, Korean War ends. The man don't want you to play pepper. You gonna listen to the man? 
If you outlaw Pepper, only outlaws will play Pepper. So where does the candidate stand on real issues, like the flat tax? I mean, if they're so smart in Washington, why don't they have a baseball team? Baseball without Pepper is like baseball without baseballs. Hey, anyone can champion Pepper. It takes a real man to champion the flat tax. It's Pepper that people want. They don't care about the minimum wage, the flat tax. They want Pepper, and they want it now. Pepper to the people, man. Land of the free? Why can't I play Pepper? Jefferson should have said life, liberty, Pepper in the pursuit of happiness, but it just didn't sound right. But that's what they meant to say. I know that. And where does this moose stand on the flat tax? When I'm when I'm looking through the California League here, I had a question about this. So you have it's split up into two leagues, right? Northern and Southern California. Are you traveling with the team, or is this, uh, uh, or or is, or is there somebody under you? You already said you're pretty much doing all this one man band style. So, so are you traveling down to like uh, Lake Elsinore, Rancho Cucamonga, Inland Empire, all the like Southern California uh, facilities and uh, uh, ballparks as well? Yeah. So I wish I could. I do not, um, at least in SoCal. So I don't. So when they go to SoCal or when they're on the road, um, I don't travel with them. So there's a lot of content that I miss out on. So the only content that we get are from the stream, MILB.TV streams. Um, but when we travel, I do travel locally. So when they go to Stockton or San Jose, I don't go to every single game, but I try to go to at least three or four of six games a week. They, they need to listen. We're not speaking for you here, but we're we're champion right here, Hanno. He should be at all these games. Uh, I mean, this guy knows the team inside now. I'm looking at his. I'm looking at your own Instagram right here. You got some awesome, awesome shots. I'm seeing some road games. Uh, I'm seeing you holding on to the the trophy. Um, I'm checking out the the mascot stuff. I mean, this is as good as the Seattle Mariners stuff to me. And especially when you have all these like big high names, uh, you know, draft pick players, personalities, especially how all these players we're talking about, they're must see, must listen, especially in the Mariners baseball community. We'd love more exposure about these guys. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And I, I try my best. I, I definitely try my best, especially especially because we were doing really well and especially with that winning streak and that playoff run i was doing my best um to expose and show off all these top prospects to get people to come and watch them here or whether it's online too to just get the word out on who all these great players are and a lot of that content i started putting on obviously since like i said to go for the nuts um digital content stuff so i started putting all, a lot of my stuff just on there too for even more exposure but it was in seattle's kingdom where the wild kingdom really had its day the most frightful delay of all time was the attack of the killer kitten my gosh what is that is that a rat a muskrat or a cat let me see that it's a cat we had you know some stray cats uh, that you know, took up residence in the kingdom for a long time. Well, this one particular night, one of the cats gets on the field just running around all over the place. And finally, another attendant picks it up, and the attendant that got scratched is... Oh, he's is, in pain. Look at him. Boy, that cat is... Oh, baby. Of it. 
He's starting to run off the field and take care of the cat. All of a sudden, this cat just munches down on his finger. That's a tough little guy. The cat won't let go, and all of a sudden, Bird is twirling around like a top, trying to get rid of this cat. He's going like this and trying to get the cat, and the cat's hung out his finger like this, and he's in a whole lot of pain. Finally, he gets rid of the cat. A fussy feline with claws. That was kind of funny. <laughs> that cat has gone crazy. All right, so that is going to be part one of our conversation with Chris Estrada of the Modesto Nuts. Lots of good stuff coming up on the second episode. We're probably dropping that tomorrow. That kind of has to do with if there's any moves, if there's any news, if there's just a big story about the Mariners right now, it's a big nothing, as you know. So we're just trying to focus here on some of the positive, fun, optimistic stuff. Also, some of these players, you might hear their names in the trade. So we're just kind of diving into who they are as a player and or personality wise, just to kind of get a grasp on who they are with our Modesto Nuts insider, Chris Estrada. And on part two, we're going to talk about like, are they still doing host families? A lot of times these minor leaguers will go and stay with a host family. How has that changed since COVID? And a look and a feel of the Modesto Nuts Stadium and kind of what the fan base is like as well as talking a little bit about Lazardo Montez. Maybe these are some of the names you don't know. Well, now we're going to get to know a little bit about them. Trust me, in these conversations, I'm learning a lot too. I'm not one that pays too much attention to what's going on down in the minor leagues. So this was a very interesting couple of conversations we had with Chris Estrada, and we're happy to bring them to you. Recorded these, you know, a few weeks ago, but uh, Mariners, you know how the tumultuous week was last week. So we're just getting these to you right now, but we're happy to get these to you by the end of the years. Anyways, thank you for liking, subscribing, and checking us out here on the Odyssey app or hey, wherever else you're getting that podcast action from. And you know we like those five tool baseball players, but you know what we like more than that? Those five-star reviews. That helps out the podcast so much. Also, if you head over to the YouTube page, remember, like and subscribe. You can have those notifications on or off. The subscription, though, is very important to the podcast right now, so I thank you for those who have done that. Also, if you like the street gear, if you want to be down and you want that street cred by rocking the rye bread, just hit up at simply.cora. That's at simply.cora on Instagram or Etsy. Anyways, I'm going to shut the hell up. All right, that's enough. We'll be talking manana. <laughs>